Hello, and welcome to something a little bit different um, for the Never Seen Trek sort of project. Uh, I'm here with Patrick, so hello Patrick. Hey. And um, we're doing a commentary track, uh, as voted by the followers and the Patreons. Uh, and thank you again to everyone who's already supporting on there. And we are going to be watching, uh, as we record this, the episode Measure of a Man, and discussing it as we go. Um, for those of you watching along, we will be using the Netflix version, so if you're watching on a DVD, the timings might be slightly off or something. Uh, but we will get going in... Hang on, let me... In three, two, one, and hitting play now. We've got sort of a typical opening here. I'm just adjusting my volume so I can hear it and you. There we go. Hey, Calm made it to the poker game. Yeah. Uncritical support for any appearance of O'Brien. Um, this is the first appearance of the poker table as well, if I recall correctly, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh, see, I haven't been watching along with you, but no, that makes sense. I know, I know, it's... There's going to be a lot of it, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was going to say, I know, it's, it's quite a trope made, as the show goes on, but... I didn't realize O'Brien made the first uh, table. Well, he's, he's, he's the best character, of course yeah. he has. Well, and Data's little visor just gets me every time. <laughs> the clear visor. Yeah, that's going to help <laughs> so much, isn't it? The downside is Pulaski's at the first poker game. <laughs> but she won't be at the last. No, I'm sure. Of course, neither will O'Brien. Oh. Well, be, he's off at uh, Deep Space Nine by then, I'm guessing. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, that was it looks ridiculous. Pretty sure on his uh, action figure file card back in the day, Riker's talents were called out as uh, shuttle piloting and poker. And, you know, <laughs> and, you know little, little, right. little, little kid me is like, what's poker? Like, I learned about it, my whole culture from this show, basically. <laughs> oh, dear. And still, basically, everything I know about poker comes from Next Gen and uh, Casino Royale. I was going to say, I don't know a lot about poker myself, so this is going to be <laughs> interesting. I do appreciate how in this show, you know, you win by bluffing and not from just, like, having a straight flush. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, those were all words I understood, definitely. <laughs> oh, hey, it's I tend to just tune out most of what Pulaski said anyway, to be honest. No, that's fair. It's Space Station Regular One, again. <laughs> oh, God. 
Oh, I think having the ship up there might be a rare uh, addition for the uh, HD. At least I don't remember seeing that before. All right, okay. It's a great shot. I mean, I could just be wrong. That is, it is a very cool shot. I... Not sure I want to know the answer to that question. <laughs> I, you know, I do love this dynamic as much as I think it's inspired by uh, Court Martial with Kirk and the prosecutor. Yeah. Um, but it's a nice thing to take some inspiration from as opposed to the plot oh, of the whole episode. Yeah. It's also just nice right. to see Picard off the ship and in a little different circumstance with more of a peer instead of being so lofty. Yeah, exactly. Definitely, yeah. I just, I, I enjoy pretty any example of a courtroom drama, to be honest, so I'm definitely, well, hopefully going to enjoy this one. Well, the the writer of this, uh, Melinda Snodgrass, who's, um, who's on Twitter, um, was, I think, think i could be wrong i'm actually working as a paralegal and wrote most of this on spec all right you know, okay. the writer's room always takes a pass but you know it's her you know it's it's really her core uh, story yeah and it's, and it's been so influential so i'll take advantage over the credits to sort of uh beat the drum i've been uh, beating on that of the whole first and second seasons of tng this is the only episode that could credibly make like a top 20 or even top 10 list for the franchise as a whole um and you know and it's been interesting over the years to see how it gets recognized so there's a a, a one-off character in this episode um, who gets mentioned a few times in subsequent episodes and then you know they're built up into a key element of the star trek picard meta plot oh, um, okay. it's and it's you know this court case is cited in universe in subsequent episodes that's good. I, like that. I think that's something that TNG is doing a lot better than the original series in terms of just building a universe rather than just sort of being one-off every time. Yeah, yeah. You gotta love these flirting based on uh, noodle incidents. Yeah, I always find it weird seeing Picard flirt though. He just doesn't <laughs> doesn't seem right. Yes, because Patrick Stewart doesn't need to flirt. People just fling themselves in their in their undies at him. <laughs> it, it is a fun bit of history though to bring up the Stargazer. No, yes, it was lost under strange circumstances, and there would have been a court martial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just got the uh, the pompous ass line. Yeah. Oh God, and then oh, <laughs> in the follow up, pompous ass. I mean, she's not wrong. Sexy man. But... Okay, now plot is happening. Finally. Good. Okay. And the strangest admiral uniform yet yeah that's interesting <laughs> oh he will yeah it's not gonna happen is it <laughs> bald man solidarity <laughs> 
Oh, we got Guinan incoming. Still, still, this isn't a guest star, though. Well, Pulaski is, or Moldauer is listed as special appearance, too. You know, acting credits are such a strange thing. Yeah. Many SAG regulations. It's cute to have the Admiral not comment on the bridge's resident child. Yeah, that's a good point. He does look a bit smarter in his acting ensign uniform. Yes, he does, yeah. Just all the phrasing choices from here on out are so loaded. Work on your Android. Yeah, I was going to say that was... It's just keep, yeah. just watch what people say and watch people's faces. There's just a lot of subtle stuff in the acting and the writing. Yeah. When it first applied to the Academy. Oh, dear. <laughs> Car's like, am I going to have to slug someone? <laughs> oh, well, nice to have the station in the background there too. I don't remember that either. Oh yeah, a lot of lot of detail. Yeah. So this is something that I been wondering about obviously they talk about dr sung a lot are we to assume that he died with the colonists where they found law yes yes okay so he is he is gone yeah well that's the so so the there's a little confusion at first um if you listen to data lore and then encounter at farpoint some things don't quite line up and then sort of right. going forward from data lore some things don't quite line up but it's starting to coalesce that basically you know Eccentric human inventor had some links with society, but not enough. And so people like Maddox at the Daystrom Institute are kind of scrambling to keep up. Like right. everyone knows of him, but he went off into exile and, you know, Starfleet essentially had no contact with him for 20 or 30 years. Right, okay. So then, and the, then this scene is written so cleverly because you see the limitations of Maddox's knowledge here. Yeah. The card with the important question: What are the risks? Yeah. Yep. It's uh. It's. Third law time for data. I've got to protect yeah. my own existence if it doesn't conflict with anything else. I've, I feel like the point at which there is very obviously a conflict of interest with Maddox not liking data should be the point at which they just say, no, you're not fucking doing this. The fact that he keeps calling data it as well is really fucking annoying. Yeah, it's very... But again, it's, it's one of the things you keep paying attention to who uses what pronouns throughout the episode. It's very considered. Yeah, of course, yeah. You know, and then another thing is Data doesn't react to it, but we in the audience react for him. Yeah.
Prince Spiner just like I think he must have recognized really early that this was the part of a lifetime and it really is maturing into fruition here yeah And then really a lot of the groundwork for the Picard data relationship is being done here too, and we'll see how that resonates all the way 30 years later to the modern franchise. I bet, yeah. That was... This is part of the problem. And of course, we will revisit the idea of more data is good or bad. Yeah, I see. It's funny, interesting that Picard's even considering it for this long. It's not kind of assumed that he'd just immediately be like, no, that's not happening. Well, he's, well, he's trying to play devil's advocate here, and then he's even getting like shamed into that. Like, right yeah. now, I think he's still trying to satisfy everybody, but, of course, this being a courtroom drama, we're going to slam into adversarial mode. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it's an interesting tack for Star Trek, because, you know, normally they start diametrically opposed and work toward compromise, and it's almost more of an hourglass structure here. Yeah. Picard's got his head of steam now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, not the risk of getting yourself I was gonna operated say, like, on, it, experimented on. Being disassembled is not one of those risks. <laughs> And sort of that that Blade Runner influence. Like there's a, a line in a deleted scene in uh, in Blade Runner that always resonated with me. Um, one of the uh, the other Blade Runners is making fun of Harrison Ford. Uh, you fucked a washing machine and you want to keep it now. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> you say I've not seen Blade Runner. I'm not sure exactly how to take that. Well, it, it is a deleted scene, but it's emblematic of kind of the core conflict. Yeah. Our, our created humans human. And I do I do really recommend that movie and the recent sequel. Oh, yeah, I do. I do definitely need to see it at some point. It's on the, on the long list of classics that yeah, I'm pretty right. sure I've seen, but still haven't. <laughs> And yeah, just the, the stakes of this episode are established so rapidly. Like, we're what, in the in the second act? And then, yeah. Like, he's going to walk off the ship. It's got to escalate even further after that. It 
taking that with him because we all know he has no emotions. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. I'm curious if they, uh, how they uh, do that scene. Like, did they have the right stock footage of Denise standing around, or did they like call her in in front of a blue screen? I mean, who knows? It's just the kind of questions I ask myself. Yeah. Well, it is interesting stuff. God, do they just have this guy, like, I don't know, they give him a sour candy before every scene? <laughs> and, like, he so, barges like, in, he doesn't ask, he doesn't, like, ring the doorbell. He's I was just, just going to say that, there. yeah, he just sort of wanders into someone's private quarters. That seems a bit... Oh, shut up, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Data calls him out. He's so he's so compelled by Data. He's obsessed by Data, but he he can't quite get it. Yeah. So now the poker game gets called back. Because <laughs> normally those are just kind of kind of interludes, but it's it's tied in with the theme here. Yeah. Mic drop. <laughs> yeah, get fogged, basically. <laughs> I think if if there's anything a little bit artificial to the setup of the episode, no pun intended, um, it's this perceived urgency from Maddox. But he does seem like this this super driven guy, so it's not... It's, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But what I do understand, and I I think it's right for them to explore, and, and they should explore it more, if anything, is that you can construct a cogent philosophical argument that data is not human and should not be treated as human and it is interesting that they you know they have these individuals of of intellect and conscience take this position um and and really play it out for us yeah You know, there's the concept of the philosophical zombie. You know, if something perfectly mimics a human, is it human? And if you don't work with data every day, of course, you may have a very different perspective than Picard and Geordi and everyone. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And that's a fascinating point as well. If he, if he didn't look human, would he, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. They actually play with that concept pretty comprehensively in a future episode. Oh, right. Okay. That's, that definitely sounds like one to look to. Well, definitely, potentially one to look forward to. I don't know how good it is, but. 
Well, and of course, Data becomes involved in a really interesting way. Yes, of course, yeah. That's a great quote to take out of context, <laughs> Right? <laughs> Fuck right. And, you know, I also really think Lavoie's got an interesting role in this scene of being alternately frustrated with both of them. Yeah. Like, she clearly thinks Maddox is a bit of a prat, but he... But she's well, he is, to be fair. Yeah, but she's got to consider him. Yeah. He doesn't know about Section 31 yet. No, no, clearly. I mean, it's not the same level of sentience, though, is it? But but where do you draw the line? Like, yeah, it becomes a courtroom drama. But right now, it's a philosophical drama, and, and, and no less compelling for that in the way it's shot and the way it's played out. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to give folks some value here by by talking, but like I would just sit here like <gasps> <laughs> And I've seen this quite possibly a dozen times I've seen this episode and it just never like slows down for me. Think? Oh hey, Worf is in this episode and Troy. <laughs> oh shit, actually that's a point. I don't think we've seen Troy in a couple of episodes. Yeah, this, of... Marina Sirtis was really ill-served for a spell yeah it's interesting that like if they're doing this sort of going away party for him that not only is pulaski turned up but is right by him as well like that's i don't think pulaski at the start of the season would have agreed with this yeah they're they're used they're using her they're they're working her in a particular way yeah i don't think she ever quite redeems herself in my eyes but lots of people disagree yeah you know it's and it's fun because Hardly, you know, hardly uniquely, but in the Mass Effect games, you can actually play out a lot of this stuff with a certain character. Oh, right, okay. I've been looking at playing them at some point. I need, I do need to get around to it. Mm. I've, I've heard a lot of people saying they're basically discount Star Trek the game. <laughs> well, I, to me, and it's, it's more like Babylon 5 the game, only, you know, they have robots instead of telepaths. Yeah. <laughs> uh oh. No oh, Christ. <laughs> well, shortly is where the idea of her only having one ensign in her office is gonna become relevant. Right, okay. Well, we've got a bunch of officers parked just offside. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like, no, you, no, you can't have legal representation because we haven't got any staff is a, a pretty weak defense. <laughs> well, but it's justified because, you know, it's it's still Star Trek, it's still a Western, and they're out in the boonies. So yeah. it's, a, it's a clever and, and it's a clever justification. Yeah. 
And now we get into it being a stealth Riker episode because he's put into possibly the worst position of his entire career here. Must we though? Yeah, I feel like that oh. kind of... So So Ron Moore, who is a future Star Trek writer, he's not working on it yet in this episode. Um, he work, he starts work next season. But he went on to showrun the new Battle Star Galactica where the slur for Cylons is toasters. And I have to believe oh, that's okay. not a coincidence. That's a, yeah. that's a memorable line right there. Well, I think if I remember... I don't know if it's a reference to this or not, but there's... A lot of uh, toaster-related, like sentient toaster-related content in Red Dwarf. Obviously, uh, they have the, the the toaster in the room that's constantly moaning about wanting to be more than a toaster. Okay, I've seen I've One, seen most of Red Dwarf. I almost feel like that's more of a general like appliance humor. It could <laughs> well be, yeah. But the the idea of calling a humanoid a toaster based on its origin is is very resonant with what they do later in Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, which of that's another is, one I need to watch. Which of course is very heavily based on Blade Runner because they also use the Blade Runner slur of skin jobs. Oh right, okay. <laughs> Savage. So the uh, the Act Three confrontation is all the strings are sort of being pulled together. Yeah, it must have been really challenging to pace this out, but I think they do a really admirable job. Yeah, it's a, well, it certainly seems so so far at the very least. It's but, you know the complications keep sort of rolling in at a good rate, you know, and every every conversation or interaction changes something. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very, very compelling so far. Well, and just watch Frakes in this scene. I mean, I, there's there's dialogue technically with the computer, but everything interesting is happening on his face and how he reacts to what he finds. Yeah. Just the idea of having schematics on one of your officers is so fascinating. I mean, I guess there's like medical data for everyone else, but yeah, it's just it's the wording is very sort of de well dehumanizing. Mm, yes, <laughs> which obviously is the point, but ew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what this star date means either, but this is what it is. <laughs> I did pick up on that recently. Actually, I was looking at um, I was looking at the list of episodes to double check where I was up to, and a lot of, at the very least, season one of TNG. I'm not so sure about season two. Is completely out of order in terms of when it happened. Oh sure, the the one rule they followed is start with four, and then the second digit is the number of the season. So they're all four twos this season. All right. And they stick with that, but then, you know, they go into the future with DS9, 
So like they start at six and then eventually it has to cross over into the five O's and the five ones. Yeah. Yeah, his citations, like, we thought he earned these well enough. I love the implication there that, like, so many things from modern society don't exist anymore, but fucking Webster still does. Well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is definitely a not-that-soft retcon, because in Data Lore, everyone was like, who is this guy? Yeah. But this interpretation definitely takes over. Yeah. The reclusive, but acknowledged genius. You know, it's future-proofing pretty well when this is 30 years ago and these numbers still broadly hold up. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was thinking it's potentially slightly less impressive now than it was back then, but it is still. You know, by much. I mean, I think they were very much thinking of him as more of an artificial human than of a computer. Obviously, yeah. mega strength. <laughs> I mean, she doesn't really explain why it's relevant. I think she just wanted to see him flex. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not... I, <laughs> Bend that modeling clay. <laughs> hey, continuity. Oh, yeah. So this is the first time I think Riker lets slip there. Like, he's putting on a hell of a performance for Lavoie, but with the comes to maiming him in public, that's where he kind of trips. Yeah, absolutely. I can't imagine they actually necessarily go through it as such, but I would very much imagine that this would put at least some level of strain on Picard and Riker's relationship as well. Yeah, um... I don't know if they if they follow up on that, but they certainly at the end of this episode they they touch base with Riker, and, and yeah. really with him and Data, they figure out where they stand. And now he's saying, "It's." Is he referring to the dream or is he referring to Data? Oh uh, yeah. Okay, now he's talking about data. Yeah. Well. And this is an interesting follow-up of the, the off button. And Pinocchio all the way back from the pilot. Oh, yeah. It's like three callbacks in one. Mind you, is that, I'm, well, I'm guessing that off button is in the schematics because at no point. Yeah, no, it, it is in he. the schematics because it's, it's, otherwise it's private between him and Dr. Beverly Crusher. That was what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah, that's when his, his face kind of lit up because he realized what his strategy would be and then it fell because he's like, oh, I guess I'm an awful person. Yeah. 
<laughs> but I like that idea of, of, of finding his vulnerability. It really... Oh, but now we have Whoopi coming in. <laughs> Episodes always made better when, when she turns up. Mm -hmm. Kind of like every scene in this is electrifying, but she really comes in with, you know, yeah, who absolutely. she is and what she says here is so good. She saw the real issue immediately, which Picard didn't. <laughs> so, if Data, if there's even a chance Data is a person, well, people can't be property because we've seen that. Yeah. We've seen how bad that is. Whole generations of disposable people. That, yeah, I was going to say that hits quite hard, especially like coming from a black woman that's very yeah. sort of <laughs> the way she plays it is absolutely perfect like and that's what i love yeah. about about science fiction that the in-universe subtext is different than the out of universe subtext and we get to respond to both of those things yeah absolutely I was, that's, that's something that I, I really enjoyed about star trek so far as well is, is how much that well, this, that does this, happen. Yeah, this plays emotionally perfect between, you know, a black woman making a white man realize his privilege and what he's 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 failed to see. But it works just yeah. as well in the in-universe context as well. Because, you know, it's just generally her being a sensitive and insightful person. Yeah. I mean, and we've seen in Let That Be the Last Battlefield where the, you know, the subtext gets, goes too far. Um, and this is a much more skillful use of that. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I imagine it plays into, obviously there's the stories about, uh, about Whoopi Goldberg's interest in Star Trek and her first thing. I guess it sort of plays into that as well because that was very much the reason why she got into Star Trek in the first place. Absolutely. Well, the way she tells it, at the very least. Here we go. It's about to get good. Yeah. So I love how one of the medals is obviously just a com badge. <laughs> ran, out, ran out of time and props. <laughs> Like that, we just really wanted it to, to line up nice two rows of four. Maybe Picard has the harder job, but he makes a really strong case here. I'll say, yeah. Like all Riker's stuff was kind of surface level. I wonder if he even was subconsciously sabotaging the prosecution i was wondering that because like 
it seems like that would be a very easy thing to do, given that he's objects to the role so much in the first place. The reaction shot. Yeah, but not in, not, not in the best of circumstances. <laughs> But it's it's a, such a great example of you know we talked we talked about this tons but you know the circumstances of Crosby's exit from the show obviously being poor but the show finding ways to utilize it in really specific and in emotionally hard hitting ways. Yeah, you know her impact on them doesn't go away, and she might have just posthumously saved Data here. <laughs> yeah. And how proud would she be of that, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, not that, not that the show is bad now, but she very much was sort of almost a binding force between a lot of the characters for her oh, time yeah. on the show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Picard cuts off his, his litany. <laughs> so, yeah, we get the fucking point. <laughs> well, he made them read all of Data's citations into the record. Yeah. Mhm. Mm prove it then. Yeah. Well, that's the that's the layup. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <sighs> now we're getting into the philosophy again. Yeah. feel like that line is also very very resonant yeah. very deliberate oh absolutely yeah they even have him say it again and depressingly uh, as relevant now as it was back then i think but yes Sorry, Maddox's face. Just, yeah, Maddox just... is not doing a good job here, but that's fine. No, he's because not. it serves the drama. I think Maddox's accent is is perfect for the role as well. It's very sort of antagonistic mm. without being outright villainous. Mm hmm. I mean, you know, and this actor has the most thankless job, but he's really, you know, he plays maybe the most important role. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's so much more disturbing than if he was, like, this mustache-twirling guy. Yeah.
Here we go. The camera works so much oh, in service. Sorry? Oh, I was saying just the camera is so in service of what uh, Mr. Stewart's doing. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I was going to say, I feel like that's imp improper addressing of the court, but I guess that's not. Well, you know, they're out in the sticks, like I said. That, exactly, yeah. And the idea of future-proofing. You know, I mean, he yeah. doesn't do it today, but at some point, this is going to happen again. In other words, America. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I love that because it brings it back to Star Trek. You know, this isn't just an Android rights story. This is a Star Trek story. Absolutely, yeah. Different ways to seek out new life. So many <sighs> mic drops this episode. That was, yeah, that was, that was a nice line. See, told you. No, you're not. Say that again. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just wrap this up so I can claw Picard out of his spacesuit. <laughs> Well, the pronoun switch happened. Yeah. Well, that's, that's something that's used very well in this episode. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that, the ruling. Apparently makes irrelevant the issue of resignation because Maddox isn't going to go through with it anyway. Yeah. He doesn't hesitate either. Uh, and that just makes it so Data and so Star Trek right here that he's That's, not... I was just thinking the exact same thing. Yeah, it's very sort of... He's not the enemy. Yeah, and, that, and in, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> and in future episodes... Oh, He's remarkable. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, the pronoun switch. Oh, they even call out the pronoun yep, switch. Yep. I think this is Snodgrass just putting a period on all her work. Like, did you catch that? Yeah. <laughs> but no, it, it, it's a bit one-sided, but in, in future episodes, Data continues to correspond with Maddox, and it's just such a nice touch. 
All right. He's, okay. he's not. He's not a grudge holder. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there are emotional components to his makeup, but that at least is not one of them. It's not like lore that way. Yeah. And here we get the the same with yeah follow up. As usual, he cuts to the heart of the issue. Yeah. So many lines of the episode. I think that was actually Phil Farron's, like, line of the episode. I died. Yeah, I can absolutely see that. I do feel like as much as there's all this, especially in this episode, conversation about how how sentient and how human data is, that very much sort of the way he interacts with the crew and the way he... Yeah, another, another, thesis, another thesis statement there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, <coughs> oh dear. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, that was uh, Measure of the Man. Bloody hell, that's... Um, I, can, I can definitely see why that's... That's a lot. One of the <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's... um. I was, it, it was surprising. I don't know if it's just that it went particularly fast or it, it felt like there was less courtroom stuff than I was expecting. Well, it's all, it's all in like that last act. Um, but the rest yeah, of it, but I was yeah. saying it's all, it's also well paced and it just like, it, it pulls all the strings taut until you get there. You know, oh, it, it does it in two scenes. So it's spaced out of, you know, in a fair chunk of the episode and there's the, the Guinan scene uh, intervening. Yeah. But it, but even with that, it all, it's all, it, it's never not compelling. It's always a. Well, it's very, it's very consciously constructed for for television, for the time slot, for the for the commercial slots. Everything is perfectly like spaced out. Absolutely, yeah. But yeah, that, uh, that was that one. That was, I mean, straight away, probably one of, if not my, if not like my favorite episode of TNG so far. Um, well, you know, I agree certainly. Yeah, at the, well, at the very least, so far, yeah. Um, but if, you, if, like, as you say, if it, it's the only episode of the first two seasons that are up there, then I'm very much looking forward to getting to season three. I'll say that much. Yeah, no, season three. I say it's it's one mediocre episode, and then how many how many are in season three? Uh, let me uh, see, like, yeah, yeah. So one mediocre episode and twenty five classics. That's season three. I'm definitely looking forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> We're, oh, yeah, yeah, we're getting what? the, you know, it's season two still, but it's, the show is really starting to become what it's going to be. And the, with the, the acting, um, and the, and the choices that, uh, that, that are being made creatively. And there's still, there's still turnover in the writer's room, um, until about the first third of season three is when it stabilizes under pillar and right. they just like take everything that worked and throw out everything that didn't and like they're they're on after that right okay well yeah i mean i'm looking forward to getting to that and obviously in the meantime another what 12 13 episodes of yeah i mean do, i think and there's there's still good stuff so matter of honor is is one of my favorites and you just saw that today um yeah and i did there's enjoy some, that one a lot. there's some painful ones coming up but then uh, q who is the other the other classic from from this season 
Mm, Samaritan Snare's got its moments. I, again, I look forward to seeing those. I mean, I think it, the show is, is definitely getting more enjoyable as it goes on. I didn't hate it to start with, but I think, obviously, like you say, it, it improves into Series 3. Mm. But I, I think Season 2 is definitely a marked step up from Series 1. So yeah. Well, that's why they say uh, growing the beard. Right. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Riker's that, beard. That's a fair point. I've not, I've not heard that, but that... Oh, it's a, it's on it's on TV tropes, and it's it's a direct reference to Next Generation. You know, when a show hits that, you know, kind of the opposite of jumping the shark when it really matures into its 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 fully excellent form. Uh, people sometimes call it growing the beard. Ah, oh, right. Okay. I mean, that definitely tracks. I can see that. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was Measure of a Man. Um, like I say, another twelve or so episodes to go in season two. So keep an eye on the Twitter for that. Anyone who cares. Um, and we're back in a month or so with another one of these commentaries i don't know what episode yet we'll, we'll find out based yeah, on what we'll you guys see what's for. in the what's in the crosshairs but um yeah, hey it's either I, gonna be one of the best episodes or people are gonna try and subject me to something absolutely <laughs> awful <laughs> i i know I, I i voted in the poll i was trying to <laughs> i i was trying to point away from this episode but i'm glad i lost yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean the, the two most popular ones were this and Elementary Dear Data, which I can definitely see why people would, would draw towards those two. Mm. But yeah, until sometime next month, that's been whatever we're calling this, the Never Seen Trek commentary tracks, I guess. Sure, yeah. You know, go yeah. go patrons. Keep doing, yeah. keep thank doing you, your, thank wonderful, you up to, your wonderful stuff. I think we're up to 18 patrons now, so nice. definitely... A lot more than I was expecting, I'll be honest. I wasn't sure anyone would care, but thank you to everyone who has signed up. And, yeah, see you next month. All right.